This morning's reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 10, starting to read at verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is God's word. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, let me pray. Our great God and Father, how we need encouragement at the moment and how we need to be spurred on because uh, life is hard. Uh, no matter our particular situation, uh, no one enjoys a lockdown, few flourish. And spiritually, not many of us do well in this situation. Would we this morning consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as some would know, my mother passed away in the autumn, and we missed her this Christmas. We missed her. We missed her company. We missed her being there. She's been in our house for the last few years for Christmas. Uh, but also, if it isn't... Uh, this is a poor choice of things to say. We did also miss her gifts because my mother was an excellent gift giver, uh, not in terms of sort of extravagance or uh, costly things necessarily, but just really thoughtful. She would uh, have the capacity to uh, buy you things that you actually just didn't even realize you needed yourself. Uh, you'd have a conversation, and then a year later, she said, oh, I saw this, and I thought of that thing you'd said last year. You think, wow. She was really thoughtful in terms of what would really benefit dot, 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 any individual. And not just our immediate family. This was sort of commented on uh, widely. Uh, indeed, uh, um, even after her death, it was one of the things people often said. She was a very smart lady, very thoughtful, very thoughtful in the gifts she chose. It was a bit of a running joke in, in one sense that even into her 70s, she was a far better choice of um, clothes buyer for me than I was myself, which is a bit embarrassing uh, into your late 40s. Um, but also many is the Christmas probably that she saved uh, by buying uh, my wife, Kerry, excellent presents that she desired rather than my sort of feeble, more meagre offerings that were met with um, polite, you know, oh, quite. Um, it was a universal testimony. My mother knew people well. She thought hard about them and bought something for them as an individual. She was considerate. She considered people. And our little passage today, just verses 24 and 25, they're a call to consider. Think hard. 
contemplate, daydream about what do others in our church family need? Consider. So just verses 24 and 25, that's what we're looking at. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, that's the negative, as some are in the habit of doing, but positively encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So there's one imperative in the passage, consider, and that's explained in two ways. Don't, go, uh, don't develop this habit of not meeting and uh, encourage one another. One imperative explained in two ways, and that's just how we're going to look at it. Let me give you three little verses, or or not verses, three comments or three sentences of context briefly before we jump in. The first would be, if I may, our context, just to say the obvious thing. Church is hard at the moment. Uh, Even before this current lockdown, when we were meeting, it was fairly thin gruel. Um, We could gather, but not really allowed to speak to one another. But now, well, now we're not gathering again, certainly for the next month. This task of considering what others need to spur them on is even harder than normal life. So this is, this is a challenge. A second sentence, just by way of Bible context, this is hopefully a straightforward thing to say. If you love Jesus, you love his church. Because Jesus shed his blood for his church. For the last 2,000 years, what's he been doing? Building his church. This planet we call Earth, this time we call history, it's all about Jesus building his church. That's what life is about. And so if you're a Christian, you love Jesus and you love his church. Because there's no such thing, really, as a Christian who doesn't love the church. You've just, you don't really love Jesus if you don't love the thing that he's obsessed by. I hope that's obvious. And a third sentence, briefly, by way, just of book context. What's going on to this, um, probably, sermon to the Hebrews that's transcribed? They're being persecuted. So a, a sentence, 10, verse 33, just across the page, if you've got a Bible open, uh, explains what's going on. You were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side by those who were so treated, you suffered along with those in prison. So this is a sermon delivered to a people having a really rough time. I mean, really rough, much harder than just sitting on our sofas or on working from home, stressful, exhausting though that is. This is being taken to prison. And one thing that happens when life is really hard is you shrink in. You shrink in on yourself. And you say, I've got enough cares of my own. I haven't got time to think about other people. So even for us in a far, far lesser period of hardship that we're in at the moment, the temptation can be, of course, to say, I've got no bandwidth for anything. Look, I'm just about homeschooling again and getting through my work emails by midnight and just about getting some food on the table. I've got no bandwidth for anyone else. That's very normal when life is complicated. But here is a call to, even in periods of hardship, don't give up on 
considering other people. Actually, we need it more than any other time that people are thinking, how can I help them? And we need to be thinking, how can I help you? Because the way God has set things up as a church is, you need me and I need you. We're not meant to be independent. So let's get to our text then. Um, when this, I mean, we had read uh, chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. It's a summary, really, of everything that's been said in the book of Hebrews so far. It's paralleled its bookend with uh, chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, uh, which Ben read earlier in the service. Um, these two great summaries, really, of the book. And essentially, the summary is Jesus has provided access to God. That's amazing. And so the three imperatives that we get in that little text here, verses 19 to 25, uh, verse 22, given that Jesus has provided access, verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. You can go to God, so spend time with him. Verse 23, uh, second imperative, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Don't give up. Don't give up. In one sense, the whole book of Hebrews is this alternating pattern between declaring how wonderful Christ is, then a warning, don't let go. He is great, do not let him go. He is great, do not let him go. He is great, do not let him go. No, 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 no. Uh, that's the sort of alternating pattern of the book of Hebrews. Hold on. Okay, so you have access, go to him. Don't let go. And the third imperative is our one we're looking at today, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Okay? That's the command, and as I say, there's a positive and a negative, so that's how we'll look at it. Command, positive, negative. Um, the command then, let us consider. Let me turn it into a shorter sense. Consider one another. That's really the, the, the imperative or command in the text. Consider one another. This verb is only used one other time in the, the book of Hebrews. In uh, chapter 3, verse 1, we're told to consider Christ, consider Jesus. And, and so what does it mean? It means um, direct your mind towards him. Let your thinking and emotions dwell upon him. And here he says, yeah, and when you've done that, do that for other people as well. Think about them. Daydream about them. And the purpose of considering is not just to consider, oh, there's Leah Brown. She's very good on the violin, and uh, let me consider a violin player, as I know, and how she compares to them. No, 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 no. Consider how to spur one another on. Spur on. Stir up. would be another way of translating it. It's a verb often used of emotions in the New Testament. He was stirred to anger. She was spurred to action roused. So the assumption seems to be here that all of us need that. None of us are as active in love and good deeds as we could be, should be. We all need a bit of stirring up. The picture perhaps is uh, a little bit like someone might be me, this might be true, but uh, someone on, on Christmas Day 
uh, you have a lunch on Christmas Day. Not as many people around, so you eat all their food as well. You have a lunch, which is far bigger than you need to have. Uh, and then this extraordinarily heavy Christmas pudding thing on top of it. Uh, and perhaps a glass of wine. And uh, your, um, all the blood rushes out and is just desperately trying to sort out your stomach. Uh, and so uh, then you sit down on the sofa and presents are unwrapped and Queen is watched and eyelids collapse. And if anyone allows you to, if your children are old enough, if you're, there, or you're just on your own, or just two of you, and that is quite snooze time. It's four o'clock, half past four in the afternoon. It's snooze time. And you need, at some point, rousing. That's slightly the picture here. We're all snoozing a little bit. Nothing terrible, perhaps. But we're just having a snooze, and we need to be stirred to action, stirred to love and good deeds. But consider, reflect, discern, what does this drowsy person need? Is it a word of encouragement? Is it a poke? Perhaps a warning, what do they need? Consider, consider, consider. We are to consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Negative, verse 25, don't give up meeting together. He says some are in the habit of doing that. Uh, it's become some sort of pattern. Why? Well, if they are being persecuted, I guess it's quite easy to get into the pattern of, should we go to church? There might be um, police there who will arrest us, soldiers there who will arrest us. Should we do that? Maybe not. I mean, that would be natural. For others, perhaps, there's a sense in the book also, for example, chapter 2, verse 1, of, of people just drifting, drifting, drifting. Perhaps there's of indifference. But either way, there's a pattern or a habit here. Now, for us, January 21, um, of course, there's a variety of opinions. What do we do? How does this apply in, in January 21? And some, amongst our church family, of course, would, would say, well, we must physically meet. Even if it means defying the government, we must physically meet. We must do that. We need to do that. Uh, others, of course, would say, no, no matter if we have permission, at the moment, we must not. We must love our neighbors as ourselves, and that's a biblical command, and, and we need to take that. Yeah, look, there'll be a variety, and I just to keep on encouraging us, how we feel about such things, it's a product of our upbringing, a product of our temperaments, as well as how we read the scriptures. Just we've got to bear that in mind, and we need to be patient with one another. I'm not sure there's absolute right and wrongs in the current climate. But... Well, but as far as we're able to, we don't give up on meeting, whatever that looks like. So just three little things on that. One would be, um, look, if physical church is a safe option, yeah, bust a gut to get there. Why would you not? I mean, there is enormous encouragement in physically gathering. I mean, the word church just means gathering. You can't really do church unless you gather, really. Um, there's enormous encouragement, even in the sort of the autumn we've had, which is, you know, it's suboptimal in a long way, but even gathering and sort of swaying, bobbing, um, mumbling words, the odd clap or two, doing that in a room with others doing it, there is encouragement. We all believe this together, don't we? Yeah, you listen to a sermon together. We all believe this, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do. It's, yeah, we're encouraged together. There is enormous encouragement in that. Uh, it's great. And you can, well, we could walk off in our, well, sit in our sixes in the park and then 
in our twos and okay he got sausage chopped to sort of uh, what we were allowed to do but still the encouragement of physically seeing anyone it's a real thing look if it's safe to do so then you want to bust a gut to be able to do so but secondly of course if church is online like this well we suck it up and we consider how to spur one another on and we don't give up meeting as best we're able to It's not great, is it? But we can still encourage one another. Actually, the task of encouragement is verbally engaging with one another. And even in the last couple of weeks, this becomes a tipping point. Do I, can I do more encouragement in a Zoom group with six people? Or um, can I do more encouragement um, just with one person after church? I don't know, this is some sort of trade-offs at some point. Of course, the problem is it's just much harder, as we said. It's much harder doing this online. It's grim in one sense, having to do everything through a screen, particularly when you get zoomed out through work. Uh, without uh, naming names, let me spare blushes, but um, lockdown one, I don't know, it was about May time. I remember catching up with one home group leader, uh, and I said, how, how are things going? And he said, well, look, to be honest, last night, yeah, it was home group last night, and I said to the group, I can't do it. I just can't, I just can't do another Zoom, I can't. Look, here's what I'm doing, I'm putting my laptop on the floor, I'm lying on the floor next to it, and let's pray for one another, but I just can't stare at the screen any longer. Um, now look, that might be mildly eccentric, uh, that might be not ideal to do every week. <laughs> I think there's honesty there, realism. I've just Zoomed out, but I'm still going to encourage you. I still want to meet with you. I still want to pray with you. I just can't stare at the screen any longer. Well, there's realism there, I think. Third little comment. Um, some of you just underestimate how encouraging you are. Look, some people will say, look, how can I be an encouragement? I've I got nothing positive to say. I'm not meeting with God on my own. Uh, actually, I've had a rubbish week. Uh, I've just been angry with everyone. Uh, how can I be an encouragement? Can I say to you, you are a lot more encouraging than you realize. Or potentially so, maybe that's right. Potentially you're a lot more encouraging than you realize. Because one of the most encouraging things we can do for one another is turn up. Certainly personally, I know if someone's having a really rough time and they turn up, I'm so encouraged. They're still going. They, they still want to be encouraged by others. They still want to be a source of encouragement to me. Sometimes. That is a wonderful, wonderful encouragement. Do you remember back in uh, April? Um, I remember that this, the first prayer meeting we did online, on Zoom, and then, it, I mean, it's still a bit amateur, isn't it? But still, that then really was the day of, hello, 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 am I on? It was, you know, really was terrible at that stage. Um, but uh, we didn't know what would happen. We sort of barely pulled the thing together. And then we had more people at that prayer meeting in April than we have ever had. I mean, people came who've never been to any other prayer meeting. And, and you look at the number of screens tuning in, and some of them, a number of them are multiples. You think, well, we've got hundreds at a prayer meeting. We've never had more than 200 people at a prayer meeting. This is extraordinary. Uh, it was a sort of desperation at that stage. So encouraging. I mean, for the next two months, countless people said, wasn't that so encouraging back in April? Yeah, yeah. Because 
People just turn up. I don't know how many people prayed. You could have just been in your breakout room and just smiled at people. So encouraging. Even if church is remote online, the imperative remains, consider. How am I going to spur others on to love and good deeds? This morning, consider. Who am I going to encourage today? On a Zoom? On a phone call? You can still go for a walk, two by two. It's very biblical. Two by two, two by two. You know, plan. Not now, it's a bit late, but in the week, plan you know, on Sunday. Are we going to meet up in some way? Should we have a phone call? Arrange it. Probably, as he says, some are in the habit of not meeting up. You can easily get into the pattern of, oh, look, church is telechurch. I'll just fit it in between other stuff. I'll do it while I'm ironing. Uh, then it's done. I can get on with stuff I want to do. How are you considering how to encourage others? Don't stop doing that. So that's the negative. Consider. Uh, negative. Don't give up meeting together, however we're able to do it. Uh, positive. Last thing. Encourage. Encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouragement's key term in the book of Hebrews. Uh, chapter 13, verse 22, he says, I have written you a word of encouragement. The whole thing, he says, is, is designed to encourage. Two main senses, he uses that in the book. You just Context determines how you translate it as a sort of positive sense of encourage and a negative sense of, no, I shouldn't use that language again, but the two ways, a, a sort of warm encouragement and a sort of more feisty exhort, you know, so a parent can encourage their child in, in at least two ways. You can have the encouragement of, oh, darling, you're, I know long division is hard, but um, let me encourage you. You've made progress and I'm sure you'll get there in the end. Come on, let's just keep working at it together. That's sort of warmly encouraging. Or, or the more combative exhortation of the sidelines, you know, of the, of the, the child's playing sport and the parents look on and they say, come on, come on, you lazy so-and-so. And, and both of those are encouragement or exhortation and, and both senses contained within this word because what does this person need? Do they need an arm around their shoulders, verbally? Or do they need kick up the bum, verbally? Well, how do you know? You have to consider them. Think. And what would do we, with what do we encourage people? Well, with the truths of the letter to the Hebrews, the sermon to the Hebrews, the, the truths of verses 19 to 23. Look at Jesus. Find strength in him. Be encouraged by him. Uh, many at a time, I'm sorry to keep using the same thing, but many at a time I um, uh, quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer, his little book, Life Together. It's one of his good books. Not all of them are good books. He writes some funny old things, really. But Life Together is an excellent book. And in it, uh, this phrase that stuck in my head, the Christian needs another Christian to speak God's word to him. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the words of his brother. It's a very striking way of putting it. But I'm sure we all know that. There are times when we need someone else to tell us Bible truths that we've known for decades. But coming in the words of someone else, they affect us. The word comes to us differently 
countless times, friends have drawn alongside me and told me things I know. You know, occasionally, you know, as a pastor of a church, it's extraordinary how you can have a teenager, someone who's been a Christian a month, come up to you and say something like, look, it's really exciting. Did you know that the, um, the, all the, 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 the last book of the Bible, it has lots of pictures. Heaven's like a feast. You think, yeah, yeah, I, I do know that. I've uh, been a Christian a few decades. But they say it with such enthusiasm. You think, oh, yeah, that is wonderful. I've just become habituated to that. See, the Christs in your own heart can sometimes be weak, and you need Christ in the words of your brother. We need this encouragement. And all the more as the day is approaching, the day when Jesus returns, the day of judgment, the day when we stand before Jesus, it's so close now. It'll be so very wonderful. Don't give up. Hold on for that day. So let's do that. Let's consider. Here's a girl. Um, we'll call her, I don't know, Lonely Louise. Lonely Louise has moved to London uh, in 2020. Bum year to move here. Um, it's quite hard to get to know people. Well, consider, what does Lonely Louise need? She's not a moaner. She's not complaining. Um, but she lives on her own and she's moved to London. What does she need? Consider. Maybe she just needs a walk. Maybe just to join you in a game of virtual Scrabble. Let me recommend great lockdown activity. What does she need? Consider. What does she need biblically? Here's a bloke. He's been here for years. Reliable Ron. Uh, and um, he's just all over everywhere. He's just a great encourager. He's always at church. He's always involved in church. He probably built the church in the 19th century. He's been around for so long. He's just reliable uh, Ron. What does he need? Well, he's Ron. He's fine, isn't he? He's always upbeat. Yeah, but what does he need? Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs spurring on to love and good deeds. Here's a couple, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Homemaker. Uh, they've just bought a place, and they say uh, you bump into them, and um, or you catch up with them online, and you say, "Golly, I haven't, actually, funny, I haven't seen you for ages. Wow, we've just bought our forever home, and um, we've just been decorating and decorating and decorating. It's so exciting to own our own place. Well, consider what do they need? Maybe they need reminding. This one is not their home. A uh, house is a useful thing. You use it to serve Jesus, but it's not. You know, you won't be there forever. You'll be in heaven forever. So don't invest too much in it. How about getting involved? Involved in other people's lives whatever but consider the people in your small group what do they need one obvious way I think of applying Hebrews 10 24 and 25 is just to mentally or with a pen in your hand think I wonder what's the best way to spur Bill and Jackie and Derek and this couple what's the best way of Spurring them on. Consider. Consider what they need. Don't just project yourself onto them. They may need different things to you. Consider. Look, one caution as we finish. This is an orientation of the heart. You could say to yourself, right, yes, I'm going to do this this week. In fact, I'm going to do it all month long. And like many uh, January New Year's resolutions, you have a sort of a frenetic burst of activity. Uh, and then you sort of keel over and collapse and say, oh, I can't do that for another year. Well, don't do that. This is meant to be something we build into the rhythm of life, encouragement. And some will say, but I'm really tired. And having the kids back at home now, on top of our full-time jobs, 
I'm just really tired, I know. Or maybe consider one other person. Oh, Nick will remind us at the end. You know, why not read this book we're trying to do as a church, a chapter a day, and just phone one other person once a week? Consider. Because, look, a day is coming. It'll come at some point, some point after Easter, some point in the summer, I don't know. But a day is coming when we will regather as church without the shadow of COVID and we shall burn our masks and we shall hing and sing until we're hoarse and have no voices and we shall hug and kiss one another like we're Italian mamas with their children. And that day is coming and we'll be thrilled when finally it comes. But it will not hold a candle to this day, wonderful though it'll be, this day when Jesus comes and we need spurring on to love and good deeds until that day this may be the easiest sermon for you to apply you hear all year consider after this who am I going to call and spur on because we all need it. Let's pray together. Our great God and Father, we thank you for our realism of the scriptures and the honesty of your word. You give us the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest gift that this world has ever seen. And in him, we have access to you. We can draw near to you. We will be in heaven because of him. But Father, as well as that, you give us one another. We are a great means of grace to keep holding on to him. So, Father, even again this morning, would we consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.